Welcome to the Small Nonprofit Podcast with down-to-earth practical advice on how to get things done in your small organization. You are going to change the world and we can help. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and I'm joined by my co-host, Anya McGlynn. Hello. So uh, as you know, we've been starting off our podcast episodes with a quick uh, shout out to you, our listeners, uh, as a special thank you for leaving reviews. And today I want to shout out to the coldest runner who left a review saying the following. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. This is a great resource for a group that really needs it. So relevant for me and my small nom- my small organization. The Coldest Runner, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave your great feedback. Uh, we do this for you, and it's always nice to hear that it's resonating. And of course, if you're listening now and you feel so inspired to leave a review, please do so on iTunes. It helps other organizations and other listeners find the podcast so that they can have access to this great content. So today we are talking a little bit about um, marketing and branding. And I love this topic because it comes up a lot with small organizations, right? We need a better brand or we're not marketing enough. And then so many organizations spinning their wheel, trying all these different things and not getting any results. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, some of the the pitfalls on that process is to go straight to like, okay, well, here's a, here's a great color scheme scheme and here's like a little design that I drew up in the back of my notebook and let's go with that. But yeah, uh, it's actually, you know, you want to start with your values, your mission, the way that you operate. Um, and all of those things are what are going to inform a really great re- brand redesign. Um, you know, the same thing that we talk about when we talk about processes, it's not about the technology, it's about you and your mission. And the other thing I see organizations do all the time to your point, which is they look externally at other organizations and they say, oh, this organization is doing this, so we need to do that. Or, um, you know, comparing themselves to all these other organizations and companies without taking the time to understand who they're, they should be talking to and who they want to talk to and yeah. to what end, right? Like what, why are you talking to people? What do you want? What conversation do you want to engage them with yeah. and what actions do you want them to take? Yeah. And if you don't know that, I guarantee you every thing you do will have poor results. That's because right. That's right. And it's, it's like, that direction. That's right. Yeah. It's, it kind of becomes ad hoc and um, uh, you know, and I, and I think one of the, the, um, the really, I, I would say the most useful tool that, that I found for, for rebranding um, is doing, you know, uh, portfolio, sorry, not portfolio, but uh, persona um, mm. exercises. Right. So like to imagine the kinds of people who come to your website, who, use your services, right? And that might have that that might range, right? And so the 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 secret to great branding is making sure that branding is sort of speaking to as many of those personas as possible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What I love about what Kirsten talks about is once you think you know that persona, go out and test it. Yeah. Go out and talk to those people and make sure you have it right. Yep. Um, there's so much in this episode. Uh, so we will stop chatting and let you hear from Kirsten herself. Uh, here you go. 
Kristen Hauer is a nonprofit marketing consultant and founder of Nonprofit Today. She helps nonprofit leaders create more impact by leveraging marketing, branding, and design. Can't wait to have you listen to this interview. Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm so excited and interested in t- uh, to talk to you because we're going to talk a little bit about marketing. And you wrote a blog post recently called When Marketing for Your Nonprofit is a Waste of Time and Money. And without naming names or pointing fingers, we see a lot of organizations waste time, money, and other resources. Um, sort of chasing this golden carrot or trying to emulate what other organizations are doing. So I'm really curious uh, to know the background of, of why you wrote this post. Yeah, sure. Um, I think like here's the reality. So many nonprofits work really hard on, on their marketing and they don't get the traction they want and they don't know why. So they feel frustrated and confused because they do a lot of, uh, they spend a lot of time and energy and um, trying to be relevant on social and um, they they schedule um, their posts and they interview people to bring their message out, but somehow it does not get the result that they want. Mm-hmm. So, and that, um, because I work with uh, small nonprofits and so my, um, we always try to dig deep and find out okay what what is it really that makes you you and I think this is where where it all comes um, back on like uh, that is the trouble because if you skip this very first part, then you really miss the connecting piece and you try to be relevant, but what you do is you you try to copy things that other people do um, in order to try to stand out, and that just doesn't work. Hmm. So can you give us some sort of specific examples of when an organization, like I know organizations that where we come in and start working with them, we see this in action, which is, you know, it's not resonating or there's no traction without, again, um, calling out any specific organization. Can you give us an example of one that you've seen where they were just like ready to call it a day, like throw in the towel on digital marketing or or marketing in general and what does that look and feel like for an organization yeah so um i we recently just did a a rebrand um for one of our clients so it's a housing um uh, foundation and they were really struggling um connecting with with the residents um and also finding potential donors and so what the one of the reasons was that they had a really confusing name um and the name did not connect at all to what they do. And I, I think I can, can say, um, so, so the name was uh, Piper Creek Foundation. And the trouble was nobody really knew what it was. And uh, so from Wildlife Center to other things, um, they got phone calls from the community and they said, so you know what, at one point, it, this doesn't work. So, um, and what we actually did was, we didn't start with looking for a new name right away. What we did was, um, we were looking into uh, what... We did an audience research research first, so we found out like um, what is it really that uh, people are looking at? Who are these residents that live there? Mm-hmm. And then uh, finding out what are their needs 
and what are their hopes, what are their dreams, what are their fears. And from there, we build a strong uh, foundation um, based on, on what these what the audience wants. And that was the key. And I think this is always the key. You need to find out um, what is it really that that um, is a connecting piece? What is it that, who is your audience first? Um, and then trying to find out um, the details, like what are their hopes? What, what, and then what, what can you do for them as an organization? And then once we aligned that, then it came totally clear uh, suddenly what, um, what it all is about. So we came up with this new name, which is Bridges Community Living. And everyone is excited about it because the bridge is the bridge to the new home. Mm -hmm. And the community is what, um, what these seniors are looking for when they move out. So they want a community. And the fear is when they move out from their own from their own, own uh, house, um, that they lose the community. But so they, this housing foundation brings it all together it's a bridge and it's a new community and it's for seniors so this was the basic and then from there you can develop all the messaging that you want because you know what what they care for mm -hmm. I love that because it dovetails so nicely with what we talk about around fundraising um, and generally with organizations which so much of what you do should depend on who you're talking to, and what role you serve in your community. And doing that work, that legwork to question, to listen, and to, to discover helps with your strategy. It helps with your fundraising. It helps with your marketing and communications and brand. I mean, it's so, and it's so important. <laughs> uh, I just finished editing a document for a client um, where they were preparing a media release talking about their organization with internal speak, which I know almost everyone is guilty of at some point or another. Um, but, you know, talking about their building their key messages from what they want to say instead of what others want to hear or are, are compelled to take action around. Um, and it's, but it's hard. How do you make that transition from here's what we do internally, here's how we talk about our work, to understanding how we talk about that more broadly? Mm -hmm. um, totally. And I think it's all about alignment. So first of all, like you need to find out what is your purpose, um, and so why, why do you do what you do, and what are your values, and then you have to find out who is your audience, and then the the, the key is to align to align this. Um, I really love um, Martin Neumeyer. Like he has a really straightforward approach to branding. Mm -hmm. And so basically what it comes down to is really you have to align your values with their values mm -hmm. and your messages with what they want to hear. Um, and I think this is the key again, as you said, you really need to find out who they are. And then as a small nonprofit, what can you do for them rather than when you're looking for donations, mm -hmm. asking asking for donations, but how can you really help them to become um, who they want to be? Um, another example that I have, um, one of my smaller nonprofit clients, they lent medical equipment, um, and they were struggling. Um, they also had a name that um, wasn't really clear for some people. Uh, but on top of that, so it's not, they let medical equipment, yes, but the way deeper um, 
solution to a problem is that they give people dignity, mobility, and independence. Mm -hmm. So, and with that, you create an, an emotional connection because um, I think 95% of our decisions are triggered by our subconsciousness and by our emotions. So, and this is why it's so important to find, to make this emotional connection um, because you're not in the moment when you are getting, when you're um, borrowing a wheelchair or some crutches, it's not just about this piece of item because you give them um, the freedom to move around, to be mobile and to be independent. Mm -hmm. and I think this is so important. Like no matter what your cause is or what you do, find out what is the deeper issue behind it? What is the more? Like, what is it? What is the bigger picture? What can you give them to be the person they want to be? Mm -hmm. And this is not done sitting around a table with three of your colleagues uh, internal sure. to the organization. <laughs> can you talk about how organizations, some of the steps that organizations can take to uncover these things? Yes. Uh, you know what? And this is one of my most exciting things that I love to do. Um, so first, like, um, as as we said, it all comes back to audience. So what we do is like um, come up with two or three um, persona avatars. You just create them. You give them a name. You say, this is um, Mary. Uh, she is like 65. And then you, you find out like where does she live and um, uh, what is the income. But then on top of that, like, really find out, switch perspective, try to think like Mary, uh, what does she want? What are, her, what are her obstacles? What are her frustrations? And then once you have that, um, the next step is, of course, the alignment, but you really have to validate, are these avatars true that you created? Mm -hmm. And um, that is the next step. Like um, what I usually do is I do interviews um, with potential with, with clients uh, or, and then we, we try to talk to those Marys and oftentimes you like the guess that you take is 90% right. Mm -hmm. And when you do the interviews, um, write down the, the actual things that they say, like the true words that come out of their mouth, because this is what in the end really connects. Yeah. And, yeah, and, 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 and with this, um, this is how you overcome the marketing jargon. Um, because you, you need to say really what they, what they think. I had a client where we did um, an audience research and she said, you uncovered the blind spots. Um, we, our, our, um, our marketing decisions were based out of uh, gut feelings. And uh, so the, these results are good. So these, this are words that came out of, this is how, how she said it. But um, when I, um, if I had done like uh, a written interview and asked her for a testimonial, she would never have said it this way. Mm -hmm. So I think the next tip is like after creating this persona, really do the one-on-one um, -on -one talk to people, not just do like a survey. This is good too, but, but really try to do like um, talk to people and find out what, what is it that they really say. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We do that all the time with fundraising. And the, the language, the messaging, those words, you're right. Like we just copy them back to like parrot them back to, to the audience and it, it really resonates. Yeah. Um, it, you, suddenly you become this little voice in their head mm -hmm. uh, because once you know that, and I think you know that from fundraising, yeah. um, once you know what they think and say, you can write um, an email series and 
if I if I read this and I marry, I think, what the heck? How do they know what I think? They know what's in my head. It's amazing. They know it, right? <laughs> exactly. And then and then this is the way how you connect emotionally. And then they are willing to to give more and they are connected with your cause. And then this is what what you finally want at the end. You want to create a tribe of people that that really support you and share your messages online. You, it, you don't want to be the person, uh, the, the nonprofit that, that creates content and content and content and nobody does anything with it. Like you want to be the person um, and organization that um, is supported by others. And if there is a topic coming up, they will be there and, um, and uh, yeah, they, they, they will um, fight for you, right? They will, they will be there and say, you know what, this is not what I think they do. They will stand up for you and this is what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love that you call marketing dating because I call fundraising matchmaking. Uh, and <laughs> so talk to me a little bit about that analogy and why it fits so well with marketing. Yeah. I I love the dating. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it's all about relationship. And no matter if it's online or in person, um, if you if you meet someone for the first time, do you ask him, like, do you want to marry me? No, like, this is crazy. Like, why would you do this? So why do you do it in marketing or in fundraising? If I don't know you, why would I give to you? Yeah. So it all comes back to know, like, trust. So, and this is the, the dating analogy. So first of all, like you meet and then you maybe meet for coffee and then you um, give them your personal information, your phone number. And then at one point you invite them and you do, um, you go for a date. And this is exactly what, what we have to do in marketing. And no matter if it's social media or um, if you write an email or if you do fundraising, um, do it step by step. I won't give to you until I know you and I know what, what, what you can do with my mommy, with my money. Mm -hmm. And um, I want you, I want, I want to trust you because I want to go what I want to know. What do you do with my money and what impact can my 20 or $50 have? Stop the podcast just for a second. I just wanted to take a second to remind our listeners uh, who may not know that this uh, podcast is brought to you by The Good Partnership and Charity Village. So a lot of people don't know that both of our organizations are deeply committed to making sure that there are tons of great resources available to small nonprofits in our sector. And so I want you to take a minute to go and access some of those great free resources. For The Good Partnership, you can visit thegoodpartnership.com and specifically on our homepage or visit thegoodpartnership.com slash guide, you can download a free resource that outlines all different kinds of fundraising strategies you might want to consider for your organization. And for charityvillage.com, there's so many webinars and of course the podcast, um, articles, the list is endless. And of course you can post jobs there, volunteer positions, uh, posting is free. So make sure that you are checking out both websites to deepen your learning and continue to access great free stuff. Great tips, Cindy. Now on the podcast. And so as we build 
as we understand our key messages and start to build these, or I guess the question is, how do we start to build these relationships through marketing channels, right? So now we know what to say. We have a sense that it is a bit of um, give and take, back and forth. It takes time to build know, like, and trust. How do we act? What, the, what are the mechanics of it? What are the different tools we can use to build those digital or uh, marketing relationships? Mm-hmm. So, um, so once you know um, who your audience is, and then you create your key messages. So, I, I, we usually we, we try to have like I don't know like twenty different key messages, and then we say depending on the services, you can create key messages per service, for example. Mm-hmm. And then you find out, okay, how can I how can I make this? Um, how can I create a story from that? And then how can I um, how can I deliver the story? So it might be that you do like um, a video uh, or a live video on Facebook or you make your donor your hero. So you could do like an interview series with um, with your donors and how they helped your organization. And what you do then is you, um, you could interview them you could make a blog post out of it. You could um, create like a video with it. You could do a live video. And um, this does two things. First of all, it it establishes that you are trusted. Um, you make your donor your hero, which means they will share it. And um, then you can take the content and you can um, create like little snippets and you can put them out. If I have a blog post of a thousand words, then I can probably create 10 Facebook posts out of that. Mm-hmm. And um, you can link it back to your website um, because that is what a lot of, uh, what I see a lot um, organizations doing. They create um, messages or posts on social media, but they're, are just silos, meaning they are not connected or linking back to your website. Mm-hmm. And you know how frustrating it is when you saw a social a, a post on Facebook and you're trying to find it and it's gone. Um, so they, all these important things need to be on your website. Your website is your hub and from there you spread out. Like use social media as a hook to get people to your website. And then from there, try building your email list because um, Email is still the, the most effective way to connect with people. If um, I know Facebook changes the algorithm, you have no <laughs> control about it, right? Exactly. Um, everything that you might have done is gone. So, so this is um, what I would do: like creating these key messages and then finding out what are the right channels for you. Like, are you is your audience hanging out on LinkedIn? Um, use LinkedIn. Um, is is Instagram your right audience? And use Instagram, but. Why you do this, always connect it back to what are the people interested in? Um, what are stories in you, that you can create from it? And um, how can you make your your supporters, your heroes, so that they share your message? Mm-hmm. I want to deep dive into a couple of things you said because they're worth repeating and exploring a little more. So the first one is this idea of repurposing content. So putting it on your website, a blog post can turn into 10 social media posts, which can be used on both wherever, whatever social media channels you're on, hopefully not more than one, than two or three of them based on where your audience is. Uh, But that is, you know, such a simple way to streamline and minimize the work that you have to do, but maximize the impact for it. Um, what 
Like, what are some examples of blog blogs that organizations and charities have done really well? Because I think a lot of organizations struggle with that content and that um, consistency in posting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, examples. Uh, can you can you explain what you like? Yeah. You so, you know, uh, for a blog, if an organization, so as a business we have a blog, it promotes the podcast. Um, and we send that out every week, but I know what contents there. I have a consistent voice for the company. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of charities struggle with, um, creating that regular content, um, to blog and to blog consistently. So what are, what are some, examples of content that organizations are sharing that people are engaging with, right? If you're going to start a blog for your organization, what should be on it? Yeah, sure. So I think um, this is, this comes back to, to branding and marketing, because if you start a blog, um, you, you need to, you to find out like, what is your voice? Like, how do you, what, what is your voice and then your tone and how, and then of course, what topics are you bringing across and would you like to share and what are people interested in? Again, the link, what are people interested in? So uh, one of my clients, um, they uh, help people who are homeless and uh, she has a column in um, the local newspaper. So she writes about topics um, about homelessness. So if, if the topic, for example, is homelessness, um, I would suggest creating, um, start with a, um, a topic map, like what are people interested in? What can you write about homelessness might be, what is, what is, what kind of treatment, uh, why are people homeless stories about, um, people that were homeless that you have helped um, things that uh, we can do as a community to help homelessness. So what is the big topic and then brainstorm around it. And then you can just uh, create, you have the, the topic homelessness and you can look at it from different angles. Like what does um, Cindy think about homelessness? What does, um, uh, you can do interviews about it. So I think it's it's this variety. Um, so, you know, even if it's just a topic like like branding, like branding can have different kind of angles that you just need to find out what are people interested in and then finding your own voice and be the leader in your niche. Like be the leader for, for the things that you are passionate about. Like this um, client that I just mentioned, like she is um, very passionate about uh, helping people to to go back and find their, their own life and be, um, uh, be independent. And so, so this is what, what she writes about. She writes about struggles. She writes about um, the journey that someone has that is homeless. And it's, again, it's about this emotional connection. So I think you can write about different topics as long as you connect emotionally and as long as you're connected to the needs and to the questions that people have. Mm-hmm. Um, Excellent. Uh, the other thing I wanted to come back to, you mentioned, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast, is the value of email addresses. Um, and we don't control social media reach, but we certainly have more control over email addresses. And one of the things that uh, consistently I've seen organizations, like 95% of organizations is my estimate, do this badly, which is they... Mm-hmm 
don't understand. They don't take all the information that you've talked about in terms of what do they care about, what do they want to know, and turn that in a way to meaningfully connect people's email addresses. So people now are not just giving you their email address to sign up for a newsletter or keep in touch. They generally want they, it's like a little test. They want to see that you know and get them. Um, and in the for-profit world, we kind of call those lead magnets or, you know, different, there's different terms for it, but the, it hasn't caught on in the nonprofit space as much. And so what can we do to, I guess, excite people about giving us their email addresses? Mm-hmm. You know what? This is an excellent um, question and topic. I'm really passionate about it. Like, you know, if you compare like um, Starbucks, for example, mm-hmm. um, they sell coffee, but the coffee shop, what is it? It's a distribution um, channel. So an email list is your distribution channel. So um, Starbucks wouldn't sell coffee if they didn't have their distribution channel, which is their coffee shop. So what do you do if you want, um, if you have an emergency situation and you uh, need to raise funds within a specific time? So if you have an email list of people um, that support your cause, you can set out an email within a couple of hours and you reach all of them and you know you reach them. And if you have the, the tools in place, you, you can even track who opened it, um, who forwarded it, who engaged with it. So I think this is this is the beauty of why you should have an email list. I think it's so, so, so important because it really um, makes you independent. You you have, like imagine you have all these um, supporters with just um like a button away, right? Um, and I think this is what, what organizations really should focus on instead of spending all your energy on just social media and not connecting it back. Like try to build your tribe and own it. Um, and how, how you could do it as a nonprofit is, you know, always if you, if you for example, um, use Instagram, like have in your bio a link that, um, with a resource that people can download mm-hmm. or like a free giveaway, or if somebody um, donates something, you could create I don't know, an email, thank you card. Or if there is um, an awareness day, why don't you create uh, like postcards, for example, that you can, that I could download for free, but in exchange of my email address. So this is the way how you could creative way of how you could, um, uh, gather these email addresses. Mm-hmm. But I think that the main reason is like to do it is really you 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 are independent and you can just if there is a situation where you need support you have it because these people um, are really supportive of your cause. Yeah, I think I love those ideas of ways that you can incentivize email collection. So just because I think it's something that's an easy fix for a lot of organizations. Um, it, it's basically the equivalent. Like if I go on a website for a retailer or someone who's selling something and they're like, save 10% off your first uh, order when you leave your email address. We're mm-hmm. basically talking about that, but it's not a, it's not that kind of um, commercial transaction. Really, it's about, you know, what other ways can 
can I get excited about giving you my email address? So a free download. I, I love the idea of like cards that are relevant to the work or uh, it could be a petition if you're uh, an organization that does more activism. Um, there's so many great ways, but please move away from the sign up for our newsletter <laughs> or keep yes. in touch because it's um, – it's not compelling and it doesn't no. reflect back to your audience that you know what they care about, which is what we talked about for the whole first half. Like all of this should fall under the work that you do up front to understand what your audience cares about and how they see your organization. Yes. And the um, sign up for our newsletter is like so old. Like, why should I sign up? Like, w yeah. what do I get? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, like um, I, uh, I saw, I think Charity Water does it. They say um, add impact to your inbox and uh, they share stories of um, success, how they have helped and how my money would help if I um, donated. So, yeah. So I think there are very, there are many creative ways. And why can you not just be fun? Like, you know, like <laughs> be, be creative, go out there and think the other way around, not just what can we get, but what can we give? What, what is a nonprofit? What can we give? Because there are a lot of things that we can give. Like you can give creativity. You can give stories. Like imagine how you help somebody um, uh, making a difference. If I give money for um, uh, a, um, a dog shelter, for example, and this a dog could have saved because they, it, it could get a surgery. And now it can walk again. Like even like seeing these stories that makes my day. Like giving giving away is more worth for me than getting something. Like if I see somebody smile because I buy him a coffee, like how cool is that? Like yeah. 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 Amazing. Um I feel like we've covered a lot, which is fantastic. But and so in summary, I want to say like really understanding your audience in their words unlocks this opportunity for you to create more meaningful engagement online and off um, and reflect back to them what they care about. And, you know, in fundraising, we call it donor-centered fundraising. Uh, in marketing, it's the same thing. And I really um, love the examples and tools that you shared with our audience in terms of how they can go about um, reframing this for themselves. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, I know you have some resources available to our listeners. Can you let us know where they can find them and what they are? For sure. So um, because messaging is so important and um knowing your audience. So what I've done for the uh, listeners of the Small Nonprofit Podcast, I've created um, a cheat sheet on how to create um, key messages that really connect with your audience. And uh, you can find it on, on our website, which is non-profit.today. Um, um, and then there's the Small Nonprofit. Perfect. And we'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes. So um, check it out. Thank you again, Kirsten. That's been really helpful. And we appreciate your time. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. It was my pleasure. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of The Small Nonprofit. I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and this show is brought to you by The Good Partnership. As a reminder, if you want more resources around raising more money for your small nonprofit, visit thegoodpartnership.com and download our free fundraising strategy guide. 
I'll see you next week. 